Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to today's Arctic Podcast. Today I'm talking with Kyron Amahani, NCBI Chief Technology Officer. How are you doing, Kyron? Very good, very good. Thank you for having me today. No problem. Now, before we start, we're going to start by asking you what NCBI does and your role within that organization. Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, NCBI is the National Council for the Blind of Ireland. And what we really do is uh, we support people with uh, sight loss. So what that means is people with uh, low vision or or no vision, so people who are blind as well. So there's a, there's a spectrum there. So we have about 20 locations around the country, and uh, we uh, support um, somewhere about 10,000 people each year uh, with sight loss. Um, my role within the company is I'm the Chief Technology Officer for the National Council for the Blind. So that really has two two functions. I obviously support the organization in terms of uh, their own technology needs, like you would in any company. And then I'm also responsible for all technology training and support for people with sight loss. And we have uh, a number of areas that we support in my team. For example, um, we sell technology for people with sight loss. Um, um, but most importantly, we train people how to use uh, technology uh, both their families and their friends uh, on what the best technology is to use and how to use it. So that could be anything like a, a, a magnifier to make text bigger in the newspaper or it could be a Windows computer or a Mac computer or an iPhone or an a, a Android phone. How to set it up for someone with low vision or no vision and we, we take them through and, and how to use it. And then we have other, other things that we do such as virtual technology clubs where people with sight loss can come on and, and chat around how they use technology for their own sight issues. And uh, we do te- pod- podcasts like yourself. We have a, a technology podcast that's focused exclusively on on the best technology for people with sight loss. Now, why is accessibility so important? Why is accessibility so important? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... I think everyone, everyone that I've, I speak to um, ex- outside of NCB, NCBI um, knows how, you know, we all want to live in an inclusive world. We want everyone who we interact with to have the same opportunities, no matter their level of vision, no matter their disability. And that's, this, is, to me, is where accessibility comes from. So it's ensuring that every aspect of life is as inclusive as the next. So that starts off with, you know, uh, mobility. How do you get from point A to point B? And it goes right away through to how do you use a, a website? You know, how do I participate in education? How do I participate in employment? And all of these areas have uh, some level of accessibility. But I think what's most important is that we all want to live in an inclusive world. You know, so we we grant access to or we enable access, no matter what the medium is, whether it's technology or physical access to people with a disability. And then ultimately, we enable people with a disability to live in an inclusive society as possible, which I think is is hugely important. So, from a, from a day day to day perspective, you know, uh, um, you want someone with a disability, be it sight loss or any disability, to have the same level of inclusion in society, and that's really where what accessibility enables. 
Yeah, because I guess right now, over years, you've seen technology change in advance, like years ago, first computers to what we've got now, and mobile phones, for example, what we saw then and now, and tablets have changed a lot, which is, uh, and got better and better for people with sight disabilities. Yeah, and there, there's been a real, you know, I, I suffer from sight loss myself, I have maybe about 17% of, of normal vision, um, and even how I grew up, you know, my I, I, I tell the story a few times, is that, you know, I did a computer science degree really for it with the only, um, <laughs> with the only uh, objective of getting a job. Yeah. But what actually happened when, when I when I started using computers was I found computers to be a huge enabler for, for me as someone with sight loss, you know? Yeah. Like something something as basic. Now, I, I started at the very start of, of that journey where I literally had to ask uh, the lecturer on my first day of college how to turn the computer on because I didn't know. But then on my second day, I realized that, you know, computers are such a key enabler for someone with sight loss, you know? Mm. You know, back in the late 1990s when I, when I was in college, you know, you could even increase the, the text size. And this was an absolute game changer for me personally. You know, being able to read a screen a lot easier um, than using a paper book. You know, but that has evolved so much um, over the years. So, for example, really now we're in a position where, um, you know, Windows uh, as an operating system or Android on a mobile phone can be set up for someone with sight loss. You know, it can be whether it's reading the screen back to them or whether you can increase the font size or, or you know, download Audible and be able to listen to an audiobook, you know. So, um, like, another example for me would be um, I never thought I was someone that read books. I, I just found reading strenuous on my eyes, so yeah. paper books and... You know, now with advents of the Kindle or, or similar um, pieces of technology where you can increase the font size to what works for you or listen to a book, you know, and, and now I consume books, I probably go through two or three a month. Um, unfortunately, they're most about, mostly about post-apocalyptic stuff and zombies and vampires, but, you know, that's, that's great that I can do that, you know what I mean? I can do that through technology. I can find out what, you know, what I enjoy to, to, to read or to listen to, and, and that's really where we're at, you know, so, um, and I think, you know, for for your for your listeners, I think what's most important is is to kind of realize that you know technology is this huge enabler for people with a disability, and it, it really I use the term a lot when I'm talking to people is that if you couldn't read, for example, or you felt that reading wasn't something that you could do, and all of a sudden you have a piece of technology that enables that, that is a game changer. You know, if you you know. Um, it's like we all have elderly relations and whose sight might be slightly fading and you can increase the font size on a on a mobile phone so now they can read text a lot easier that is a huge enabler for them you know and sometimes it's little things that you know um, people with full sight or people with, who don't have a disability might take for granted um, but once you lose something that seems simple and then technology enables that that is a game changer for people and more and more what we see is that that type of technology is built into the, the the same technology that everyone else uses, and that's real digital inclusion, in my view. That's you know that's that that's what's so important about technology. You know, it's not about needing a specialist piece of technology anymore. It's about using the same technology that everyone else uses, using the same smartphone or the same you know desktop or, or laptop. You know, yeah. remember about a year or so ago, maybe two years ago, Apple, no, uh, Microsoft brought in dictation into Word. Which to me is great, and that to me was something that this is fantastic. So, everything using that word as before, 
You have to go and buy software that does that. But back is built into Opus now, that to me is brilliant. Yeah, I, I, and we, we, we demonstrate that a lot to people at the moment. And, and that actually, you know, it's, it's not always... You know what, what I think is so so incredible about the about changes like that that are being brought into the, like a Microsoft Word or, or 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 any OS is that what we see is it's not just people with a disability that use them. Some t- some people prefer you know find having to having to type out a document kind of stressful thing to do. They might be very good at typing. You can just enable dictation and that solves a problem, you know, because it's just a standard piece of technology, you know. And what I think is really, really interesting is a lot of the accessibility features that even Apple have started to build as standard features now started as an accessibility feature and people began to use them so much that they moved from a specific accessibility feature just into the main part of the operating system. A wonderful example is, I think was, I'm not 100% sure in the days, but about two years ago, uh, mouse support was introduced onto iPadOS because, you know, it was something that enabled people that had maybe a motory issue uh, um, uh, as a tool for them to navigate the OS. But it became so popular that now having using a mouse on, on an iPad is just a standard feature. And even recently in the, in not the current, release of, of watchOS in the previous one, there's additional features being added through accessibility, but what we're seeing more and more is that, you know, you can do different gestures using your wrist, wrist to, you know, uh, dismiss notifications and things like that. Yeah. They're actually becoming more of a standard feature now because they're just so intuitive, you know what I mean? And they're intuitive for people with a disability, but now they're intuitive for people with, who use it as a mainstream perspective as well. What a... What a what accessible tips can you give users of mobile phones and computers? So, w- one of the things I would say is, um, so the NCBI offers, a, just to let everyone know, offers a, a dedicated support line or email address. So if you ever um, want to explore in detail um, your own accessibility needs from a sight loss perspective, or maybe you've just you're finding reading things a little bit too difficult. That and that service is, is free. You know, we are a charity and we're we're here to support people. So um, uh, the email address is labslabs at ncbi.ie if you ever want uh, specific advice for for something that you're struggling with when it comes to setup. Mm-hmm. So what I think is what I think is most important is you know everyone's accessible needs, as I mentioned just a second ago, are slightly different. Right. So, what what I would recommend, if you know, let's say, if we take the iPhone for example, getting into the accessibility settings is very straightforward. You literally just go into your settings application, and then it's it's there, and it's all broken out in terms of you know what areas that you might need support in. So, if you have a sight loss issue, you can see all of the different options that are available to you. uh, that you can set up for sight loss, you know, and companies have made it really straightforward for for you to explore Windows. So, for example, you know, once you go into accessibility, you know, there's all sorts of uh, areas. You know, you've got voiceover, which means that the the phone will read back every element of the screen to you, and there's different ways you can set that up. So, I do, you know, even people who who don't necessarily have a specific need at the moment, it's always a a fun thing to do to go in and have a look at what's available to you and how you can configure it. Let me give you an example uh, that, uh, like, even though I have sight loss myself, I, I can read normal text, but 
My little girl who's four, and I read her her bedtime story every night. She likes to turn the lights off and have her nightlight on, which makes reading incredibly difficult. But there's a wonderful app built into the iPhone called Magnifier. And that Magnifier application is literally a digital magnifier. It just blows up the, the text. So what I can do is I can hold the, the, the nighttime story or her nighttime book away from my face I can turn the, the, and this is all from within the application, I can magnify the text and turn a light on that will, you know, the camera light on the phone and it allows me to sit there and read her, her bedtime story each night. And that, I actually found that purely by, by, um, uh, but just experimenting with the, with the phone and the accessibility settings. Another great feature on iPhone that a lot of people don't know about is that you can set up different taps on the back of the phone. You can do a double tap to launch specific features, and that's all embedded in, in, in accessibility. So you have a double tap or a triple tap. So maybe there's applications that you need to get to quickly. You know, um, so another one for me from an accessibility standpoint is that I struggle to see the numbers on buses as, as they're coming towards it and also obviously if a bus is coming towards you fast you can't be f you know fiddling with your phone trying to get the the application open so i have my iphone set up where i double tap the back of the phone and it will launch the magnifier and i can zoom in on on the bus number coming towards me which is a really really useful useful feature but also um you know as i said it's not just you know android if you do enjoy using Android, I'm not sure why you would, but you know, if you are an Android user, there's similar features embedded into the accessibility features in Android. So again, the biggest tip I can say is, you know, just go in and have a look through the ones that are set up for, for hearing, for vision, for, for different things. And you might find that so many apps are, are not purely for people with disabilities, they're just things that makes your life better and it makes it easier to use a, a mobile phone. And the biggest thing, that for me is that accessibility is, is all about inclusion and making sure that we all can use the phone the same as anyone else. And it might help you to, to support your, you know, your, even your, your elderly parent or someone in your life that might need a little bit of extra support or it mightn't be that tech savvy so they might just need a little bit of a, a clearer interface and all that's there. And when it comes to Windows or Mac computers as well, um, it's the same core tip, have a look at the accessibility features and see if there's something that might um, that might be useful for you. Experiment with them, you know. And, you know, one of the th ways that I found the best way to learn any piece of technology accessible, accessible otherwise is just to experiment with it, you know, and just see if this is something that works for me or, you know, if there's something that I could use to support a family member. So that's the biggest tip, tip that I could give anyone on accessibility. But to emphasize again, you know, NCBI is, is a charity that supports people with sight loss, and there's there's tons of charities out there that are offering this advice for more specialist needs as well. So if if you're struggling um, with with sight loss, do contact NCBI. We're we're here to help. That's what we do all day, every day, yeah. and it's it's done in a very supportive manner and not a judgmental manner. You know, um, one other thing I'd like to particularly mention is there's a great service that we offer called Bookshare.ie. Um, so if you even ha suffer from dyslexia or, or any or any level of vision loss, you can avail of um, hundreds of thousands of titles in various formats. You know, right from from digital braille through to Word, PDF, etc. That's all available to you um, for free via the Bookshare system, which is a wonderful solution as well. So it's a great one to to know that um, know it exists exactly. And also, Especially, yeah, I recommend like. Uh, also recommend that years ago when you, when you bought like a, a new phone or a computer 
Accessibility, well, time was not for thought, and you had to pay extra to get that. Whereas now, what you pay then for is now built into a standard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, um, more and more, the requirement to buy additional software is just not there. Like there, there is there is very special software that that you can buy that will um, read the screen back to you. But why would you bother? It's built into it's built into Windows. You know, Windows has their own version of VoiceOver. I just can't think of the Windows. Um, it's a Talkback. It's just the yeah. name is escaping me. But on on Mac, it's called VoiceOver, which is the same on their phone and on their 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 computers. But it's built in and it's for free. Yeah. You know, and same with Windows. I'm I'm almost sure it's Talkback, but I'm sure I'll be corrected on that one. Yeah. Um. So you don't you don't need in in many cases these days you don't need to go out and buy buy a very expensive piece of, of software it's built into your into your into your computer from from the get-go and that is you know I, I was chatting to you just before we started and I was mentioning I'm currently trying to buy a, a, a new laptop you know and for a long long time you know I, I never thought I could use a 16 inch laptop because my eyes would I thought it would be you know quite quite Quite, uh, quite low um, and I'd always say I needed a desktop you know I need a desktop with as big a screen as I could possibly get like give me if I could get like a 70 inch <laughs> TV screen and hook it up to my computer that would be that would be the best thing but now I'm, I'm using a laptop you know what I mean and uh, at the moment my, 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 my work laptop is a 13 inch MacBook yeah. Pro I never thought I'd be able to use a 13 inch MacBook Pro but the reason I can do that is because the accessibility software that's built in is so advanced and just so part of the operating system that I can use a, a laptop the same as, as anyone else, which is which is wonderful. And it, it's really a testament to the commitment by the likes of Apple and Microsoft to really, you know, embed accessibility as a core feature of their of their systems. Well, to me, there's an option you can get an Apple, which is called AirPlay. You can mirror your, your laptop screen onto a TV. Now, that would have mm. been used maybe years ago if you're watching a movie on your laptop to mirror across or looking at photographs. But now for somebody who's got accessibility problems, they can view the stuff on a bigger screen. So rather than that, so in other words, when you were talking about 70-inch screen, you love that. If, you can, if your TV can airplay, you can do that with your TV. Look, i got a 60-inch TV screen right now, and I can airplay from my laptop onto that, which is great, wirelessly as well. And Apple TVs are, 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 one, are a wonderful piece of technology as well um, that have accessibility built into them too, yeah. uh, which enable that. But I think most TVs now will support AirPlay as well, which is wonderful, you know. And uh, um, we, we do that a lot. Um, uh, we showcase that a lot in because sometimes people need that, that size of TV just to read text. So it is a feature that's available for or to them. Um, actually, it's an interesting one too, just to, just to mention. We... Um, uh, a lot of people would, would say to us, "Well, you know, smart TVs are very expensive, and you know they are. Let's be, you know, some people can't afford can't afford that, you know. But an Apple TV is quite a useful device. Yeah, it's a couple hundred euro, and the accessibility features are really powerful built into that. You know, particularly for in the sight loss area, you know, being able to say, "Hey, S word, you know, turn on my TV, turn off my TV." You can do all that through the through the Apple TV, and searching is a hugely uh, powerful feature on on voice technology, particularly for people with sight loss. You can you can ask the you know, hey, I'm not sure what word you use as a, on your podcast, and you don't want to say that to everyone. You want to activate everyone's uh, everyone's smart speaker, but you know, you can say that and, and say uh, play, you know, turn on Netflix or turn on my favorite show on Netflix or things like that. But what's really a useful feature, you can actually say. You know, turn on audio descriptions. You know, using your voice as opposed to having to navigate through the venue. Yeah. And what we're we're actually seeing more and more is um, 
voice technology is just a huge enabler. You know, like Alexa and Google are are key pieces of technology that enable not like listening to books, listening to radio, yeah. and they're really cheap. You know, you can pick up a, an entry level Alexa or Google for 40, 40 ish euro, and that will give you access to podcasts such as this, and and you know, and and the radio. Like even even my mom, who's who's whose age is a state secret, we um, we got her an Alexa, and now she says, you know turn on uh, her favourite radio station, you know, so she loves it. But to me, for example, like my parents and their house, they've, they've uh, uh, one of their TVs is a, is a 50-inch big TV, but it's about 10, 11 years old, and it's the one that's old, uh, one of the first uh, type of LCD thin screen, it's great, but it hasn't got any <coughs> smart capabilities. They've now got yeah. Apple TV plugged in, so it turns your TV into a smart TV. So you, can, you can have an older TV that's still working fine, they need to be replaced, but if you get this technology like a, a Google th- a Google plugin or, or the or the Apple TV, that turns TV now into a smart TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've we've I have tons <laughs> tons of Apple TVs, and we we um we we sell them as well in the National Council for the Blind. And but what we do is we make sure that they're set up for um we don't really make profit on it. We're not a charity, it's not a profit thing. But what we do is if, if you come to us, we'll show you how to set up the Apple TV for your specific, you know, uh, needs, whether, you know, you're someone who's blind or someone who's visually impaired. Yeah. Because to me, that, 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 that to me is a game changer, the fact you can do that. And it means you know to keep replacing every few years of technology. Because the Apple yeah. TV can do that, and every time you get new OS update, that gives you more options than before, which is great. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and... Uh, um, I mean, even even the I have a couple of older Apple TVs, and they still work fine from an accessibility point of view. You know. Yeah, it's just nice to see that because I know that, for example, if if you're buying something like a TV and and you buy a TV, and at the time it was big screen cutting edge, and it cost you maybe a thousand euro, and then this is great, and then suddenly you realise it's not a smart TV, and you're missing the the apps and the things you wanted to watch. Like I wanted to watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney or something else. You're missing that. In fact, Apple TV will give you those options for like 200 a year or whatever the cost you've got that. And then all it requires you to do is every so often get updates onto it. And you're good yeah. to go. That to me is great. Mm-hmm. That's a super piece of technology. And I mean, the, the, there's, there's other, you know, as much as I, I, I do use Apple products quite a lot, the, there is other ones out there. You mean the Fire TV and there's the, the um, uh, Chrome Chromecast, TV? Is? Yeah, Chromecast. Google Chromecast, Google, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they're, all, they're all coming along in terms of accessibility. Re- recently, would you believe, it was? I have a couple of Samsung TVs at, at, at home, and um, one thing I always would have struggled with is seeing the on-screen instructions, you know, and moving around. And they recently released the most... Uh, it's one of those things, it was probably such a simple feature, but they, they now have an enlarge mode where you can... It, it automatically enlarges all of the user interface in the TV, and I love it. It's like it's, it makes using, using a TV so much simpler for me. Well, to me, yeah, so. they're doing that. Other people make you like Sony and LG will follow suit. So they're all going to, if they don't keep up with the Joneses, they're not going to gonna lose. Yeah. And at times, what you should just, just said now might appeal great to somebody who's basically, who's um, got severe sight loss. But also, it can be handy for somebody who's far away from the TV screen. Don't get mm-hmm. to see. That to me is great. So... What was once accessible product is now been normal normal day use. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and um, and you're seeing that more and more. You know, as I, as I was saying earlier, your accessibility is is it started off being purely for 
for people with disabilities, but technology has made, you know, it inclusive, you know, and it's, it's for everyone. You know, that's, that's the, to me, is the, the evolution of accessibility, really, is that we want to live in a, uh, in a digital world. And what we've, what we've been doing in, in the NCBI as well, um, last week we launched the Digital Accessibility Index, yeah. where we reviewed, uh, I'm not sure if you, if you saw that one, but we reviewed 350 websites in Ireland to see if they were accessible to people with disabilities and all disabilities. And it was commissioned by, uh, by the NCBI and done by a company called Inclusion and Accessibility Labs. So what we, we wanted to see is how is Ireland actually performing in the realms of digital accessibility? And, and of the 350 websites that we reviewed, unfortunately, less than 30% of those websites are actually accessible, which I think is, you know, is, is really scandalous. So there's EU, um, there's EU legislation in place at the moment that says all public sector websites need to be accessible, which is brilliant. Uh, and that came into effect in Ireland in 2020. Um, so if you look at, um, if you kind of break down that report a little bit, you can actually see that of, you know, the, the, the government departments, like, you know, the Department of Health, etc., etc., uh, 80% of those are actually accessible, which is a great, great start. And we've seen really good progress since the legislation has come in. But what, what, what I think is, is important to notice that most of the, when you broaden out the, the, that kind of, that piece and you look at, let's say, we look at the top 100 companies in Ireland and they obviously don't have an obligation to be digitally accessibility, but you know, come on, it's 2022, it's the right thing to do, have an accessible website. Yeah. Out of the top 100 companies in Ireland, less than 30% are accessible. So these are companies with, you know, a lot of money behind them. So in actual fact, it's 28% are, are accessible. Yeah. You know, the top, top 10 private schools in Ireland, none of them are accessible. Top 10 public schools in Ireland, none of them are accessible. You look at the top 10 hospitals in Ireland, none of them are digitally accessible. So, and this is, this is something that NCBI really wants to advocate for as well, because we, we've had a wonderful conversation around, you know, how a piece of technology like a laptop or a phone can be accessible to people with a disability. But websites need to be accessible too. You know, if, you, if you're building a website now and... Um, you're not you're not considering accessibility as part of that design process. Then you're excluding thirty percent of your customers. Is really the, the reality. So uh, I don't want to go on too much of a rant because I, I I really this is one of those yeah. those those topics that does tend to, to, to I could talk for hours on. But it's equally important that the manufacturers of the hardware make it accessible, and they really are are doing a great job. But we also you know we need to hold our you know our websites that we all use day to day the same standard to make sure that they're accessible so uh, again if anyone uh, wants any support on that we're, we're also we do support companies as well because we train people how to use the technology but we also want to make sure that the companies that they go to you know whether it's getting from point a from point b and looking up a, a bus timetable or ordering a taxi or ordering food from home if you think about it now our life is a digital life it's a digital yeah. day yeah, probably you and I would, would take it for granted that we can just order a taxi using an app. But if you're blind, you're prevented from doing that. If you want to book a flight, you're prevented from doing that because the website is, is not accessible. So there is areas that need improvement. And, and really, uh, just to be clear, I'm not pointing fingers, but I think Ireland as a whole is on a journey in terms of its digital accessibility. And we're at the start of that journey from a commercial point of view. And a uh, final question on that. Where do you see the future of accessibility heading? For me, I mean, I think the path that we're on in terms of the manufacturers who are building accessibility is really good. Yeah. 
you know, and I think um, I think we're, we're we're getting there. I think where we need to catch up, as I said, is is around uh, websites and mobile applications. So embedding um, accessible design as part of any website or mobile application development and that's that's what I think we need to do next you know that's the next part of this journey that's the next next area that we need to um, work on so for example you know any developer coming out of college should know um, or you know any web designer or UX designer or UI designer whatever the case may be should know in instinctively or have part of their their training be how to make the websites or mobile applications or you know bespoke applications accessible from the outset you know and um, there's there's it's not a complicated thing to do let me just stress you know it's not it's not a, a very difficult thing to do but it's the right thing to do you know and I think if, if we can if we can get to a point where it doesn't need to be legislation that's bashing people over the head to to make sure that their websites and mobile applications are accessible to people with disabilities. It's a case that people do it because they should do it, you know. Um, and um, you know, NCBI is here to help on that journey, and we're really we're we're strong advocates for that as a as a means to make Ireland digitally inclusive as much as the hardware that people use is inclusive. And before we finish off, just once again, let us know where we can find you on the on the web. What's your address? So I, I'm going to give you um, two websites to, yep. to go and take a look at, if that's okay. So the, if you want to find out more about the NCBI and its services, go to ncbi.ie, and that is a fully accessible website. Um, uh, and if you want to uh, find out more about digital accessibility, you can go to Inclusion and Accessibility Labs, which is ialabs.ie, and that's the, uh, it's an arm of the NCBI that supports people around digital accessibility. Or, as I said at the, during the, the podcast, if you're looking for support uh, around technology for, for someone with a disability, you can email labs, L-A-B-S, at ncbi.ie. That's great. Thanks for that, Kieran. Karen, and I, 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 have, a, have a great day and have a great weekend. Thank you for having me. Cheers. It's been great. Thanks. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news.